welcome to Talk Before Wicket, the TBW podcast where we keep you up to date on all the latest cricket news. With a mission to bring you the most important stories without overwhelming you, we appreciate your time. It is our aim to deliver content that truly matters. Join our community of passionate cricket lovers as we celebrate the sport that brings us all together. In today's episode, we'll cover Pakistan's thrilling victory in the Afghanistan-Pakistan ODI, their chance to become the number one ranked ODI team, the upcoming Asia Cup tournament, and its anticipated matchups, Joss Butler's suggestion for England's World Cup squad, the details of the upcoming ODI World Cup, the addition of Stephen Fleming and James Foster to New Zealand's coaching staff, Rashid Khan's decision to play in the BBL, and Deandra Dotton's call for better support and respect for West Indies players. So we're back for another thrilling clash between Pakistan and Afghanistan in the ODI series. It's like a sequel to last year's Asia Cup finale, which was an absolute nail biter. Uh, remember that incredible victory by Pakistan where Naseem Shah played the hero? It was like something out of a cheesy script, but it happened for real. But things have been heating up between these two teams, both on and off the field. Naseem has been involved in some controversial moments, like his fiery send-off to Ramanullah Gobaz during the Lankan Premier League. And now, after Afghanistan's dismal batting performance, Naseem couldn't resist taking a playful jab at the Afghan bowlers in an interview. Classic Naseem. Now the focus shifts to the current match. Afghanistan seemed to be in a dominant position, but we all know that in this rivalry, anything can happen until the final ball is bowled. Shadab Khan, the experienced campaigner, knows this too well. He's playing a patient game, trying to see off Afghanistan's spinners and waiting for the right moment to accelerate. And it all comes down to the final over, with Faruqi bowling to Naseem once again. There's tension in the air, but Naseem doesn't want to lose. He's determined to prove himself against Afghanistan and Faruqi. And what do you know? He hits a crucial boundary off the first ball, increasing the pressure on Afghanistan. The chase gets intense, but fate smiles upon Naseem as he edges one past the fielder for a boundary. Victory is theirs. Naseem celebrates in his trademark style, tossing his helmet and gloves in the air. His teammates rush to congratulate him. It's moments like these that make this rivalry so special. The targeting of Naseem will only get more intense after this, but he's ready to face the challenge head on. Just like a superhero in a blockbuster film, he's here to save the day. And maybe that's why superhero movies continue to be a hit at the box office. They capture that indomitable spirit, that never-say-die attitude that makes sports so thrilling. So buckle up, folks, because Naseem and Afghanistan are about to give us another chapter in this epic saga. Get ready for more drama, more excitement, and surely more superhero moments on the cricket field. This thrilling one-wicket victory over Afghanistan in Hambantota, sealing a 2-0 lead in the three-match series, has propelled Pakistan's one-day international ODI team rating dangerously close to dethroning Australia from the top spot. In fact, if Pakistan manages to defeat Afghanistan once again in the final match, they could overtake Australia and become the number one ranked ODI side in the world as early as Saturday. This achievement would undoubtedly buoy Pakistan ahead of the upcoming 50-over World Cup, where they are considered among the favourites to clinch their second title. Let's talk about this year's Asia Cup. It will be a 50-over tournament starting on August 30th, just over a month before the ODI World Cup in India on October 5th. The Asia Cup is the biggest international limited overs tournament in Asia, played between the top teams in the region. It has been held 15 times since its inception in 1984. 
Sri Lanka is the current champion, having defeated Pakistan in the 2022 final. Sri Lanka has won it six times, while India has won it seven times and Pakistan twice. This year, the participating teams are Afghanistan, Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka and Nepal. Nepal will be making its debut in the Asia Cup after winning the ACC Men's Premier Cup in Nepal earlier this year. The tournament will have two groups, with the top two teams from each group progressing to the Super 4 round. The final is scheduled for September 17th. Pakistan and Sri Lanka will be the hosts for the tournament, with Lahore and Multan hosting four matches and Palakela and Colombo hosting nine matches, including the final. India and Pakistan last played an ODI in the 2019 World Cup in England. They are likely to face each other twice in the Asia Cup, once in the group stage and potentially in the Super 4 round. Other exciting rivalries to watch out for include Afghanistan versus Pakistan and Sri Lanka versus Bangladesh. The matches will start at 2.30 p.m. Pakistan time and will be broadcast on various networks, including Star Sports in India, PTV Sports and 10 Sports in Pakistan, and T-Sports and Ghazi TV in Bangladesh. Let's dig a little deeper into the challenges faced by the teams participating in the Asia Cup. Starting with India, their key players like Rahul and Ayer have returned to the squad, but a question mark remains on their match fitness. Although, with the likes of Hardik Pandya and Ravindra Jadeja, they no longer need a batter who can bowl. However, their biggest concern is that their main bowlers lack the ability to hit crucial boundaries, like we saw Nasim Shah against Afghanistan. Their specialist bowlers severely limit the risks that the top seven can take. This has led to the inclusion of Shardul Thakur and Aksar Patel, who will likely play as the number eight, depending on the conditions. In a crucial match in the Asia Cup, India must see how the batters react to playing with four number 11s, who can become a potent threat with the ball. Pakistan, on the other hand, is facing a different challenge. They've had very little game time, playing only 28 ODIs since the last World Cup. Moreover, their opposition has not been of the highest quality, with several matches against teams that failed to qualify for the World Cup. Their ability to perform against stronger teams will be closely examined. Afghanistan has shown improvement and has the potential to challenge any team in the Asia Cup. However, past defeats in previous tournaments, especially against Pakistan, may have left scars. Their performances against Pakistan before the tournament will be crucial in assessing their progress. Bangladesh faces a dilemma of whether to play seven batters or eight. They can play an extra specialist bowler or batter, and the choice will depend on the match situations and results in the Asia Cup. Sri Lanka, known for their strong bowling, has struggled with their batting. Their top order lacks dynamism. If their key player, Dasun Chanaka, fails, they struggle to finish strong. Their bowling alone may not be enough against strong batting lineups like India, Pakistan and Bangladesh. Furthermore, it seems highly unlikely that Dushmantha Chamira will be able to participate in the upcoming Asia Cup. On top of that, it appears that Wanindu Hazaranga may also miss out on the group stage matches. This is a significant blow to the team's chances. Joss Butler recently spoke about the possibility of Harry Brook making his way into England's final World Cup squad. Despite being left out of the initial 15-man squad, Brook displayed an impressive performance in the 100, scoring a century in just 41 balls for Northern Superchargers. While Brook is currently expected to travel to India as a reserve player, England can still make changes to their squad until September 28th. 
History has shown that England is not shy about making late additions to their squad, as they did during the previous World Cup. Brooke is also part of England's squad for the T20 International Series against New Zealand. Butler acknowledged Brooke's talent and didn't rule out the possibility of him forcing his way into the World Cup squad through his performances. However, Butler noted that the return of Ben Stokes as a specialist batter adds complexity to the selection process. Stokes's presence is seen as a valuable addition, making the decision even tougher. Butler emphasised that many players in England's provisional squad have been performing well, creating a positive problem of having an abundance of talent. The balance of the squad and the skills of the players are crucial factors to consider, especially when playing on India's pitches. As for Butler himself, he has been in supreme form, leading the run-scoring charts in the 100. He has adapted his game to counter the swing and has learned to make the most of small phases in T20 matches. Butler expressed his excitement about captaining Manchester Originals in the knockout stages and praised the growth of the 100. Overall, Brooks' brilliant performance has caught the attention of the selectors. And though the competition for a spot in the squad is tough, anything can happen before the final World Cup squad is locked in. Less than 72 hours after wrapping up their three-match ODI series in Rajkot, India and Australia will jump right into their final preparations for the World Cup. They'll face off against England and Netherlands, respectively, in warm-up matches on September 30th. Pakistan will warm up against New Zealand on September 29th, while South Africa will go head-to-head with Afghanistan. Bangladesh will take on Sri Lanka. Interestingly, India and Australia will be heading to different locations for their warm-up games. India will travel to Guwahati, situated in the Far East, while Australia will fly down south to Trivandrum. This means that these two teams, along with Afghanistan and New Zealand, have warm-up matches scheduled in various cities. On the other hand, the remaining six teams will all be stationed in one city for their warm-ups. Pakistan will be in Hyderabad, England, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh will be in Guwahati, and the Netherlands and South Africa will be in the southern coastal town of Trivandrum. The warm-up phase will conclude with India taking on Netherlands and Pakistan facing Australia on October 3rd. After that, the teams will disperse to their respective venues for the tournament opener. All warm-up games are scheduled to be day-night fixtures, starting at 2pm local time. Additionally, all 15 members of the playing squad will be permitted to participate. Before the tournament officially begins on October 5th in Ahmedabad, there will be a captain's event on October 4th. The defending champions England will kick off their campaign against New Zealand. Meanwhile, host nation India will start their journey against Australia in Chennai on October 8th. Lastly, the ICC has recently announced the official ticketing partners and confirmed that the pre-sale of tickets for the tournament will begin on August 24th, which is exactly 42 days before the start of the tournament. So there's some exciting news coming out of New Zealand cricket as they gear up for the 2023 ODI World Cup. They've made some interesting additions to their support staff with Stephen Fleming and James Foster joining the team. What's notable about these appointments is that both Fleming and Foster bring with them valuable IPL experience. Fleming in particular comes on board with an impressive IPL track record, having led the Chennai Super Kings to a whopping five titles in the league. He had previously worked with New Zealand before the 2021 T20 World Cup and is currently coaching the Southern Brave in the Men's 100. Fleming will later join the New Zealand team for the ODI series against England. When asked about Fleming's addition to the team, 
New Zealand head coach Gary Stead expressed his excitement, saying that Fleming's immense knowledge of Indian conditions, having been involved in the IPL since its inception, could provide valuable insights that could make a real difference. Sometimes it's those little one or two percenters that can tip the scales in your favour. Meanwhile, James Foster, who has worked as a fielding and assistant coach in the IPL, will serve as New Zealand's assistant coach for the England ODI series and will continue with the team for the ODI World Cup in India. Foster has also had coaching stints in various other leagues around the world, such as the PSL, CPL, BPL, BBL and ILT20. Stead commended Foster's experience, particularly his familiarity with working with video analysts and providing valuable information when it comes to understanding different venues. Ian Bell, former England batter, will step in as New Zealand's assistant coach for the upcoming T21 series against England before filling in as the batting coach for the subsequent ODI series. Luke Ronchi, who is currently the batting coach, will then resume his role for the ODI series in Bangladesh, giving Stead a much-needed break. During the Bangladesh tour, former Pakistan spinner Saklan Mushtaq will rejoin the support staff as the spin coach. Saklan previously worked with the white ball sides during the Pakistan tour in April and is expected to add significant expertise in the spin bowling department. The well-being of the players and staff is of utmost importance given the demanding cricket schedule these days, with the team being on the road until December 16th, followed by a busy home summer. So, New Zealand is making sure to strengthen its support staff to provide the best possible environment for its players to succeed. Cricket Australia can breathe a sigh of relief as Rashid Khan has decided not to boycott the BBL and has informed officials that he will participate in the tournament this summer. Earlier this year, Rashid caused a stir when he threatened to withdraw from the BBL due to Australia's refusal to play against Afghanistan on human rights grounds. The decision was made because of the Taliban's ban on educating girls in the country. Expressing his disappointment at Australia's withdrawal, Rashid stated, If playing Afghanistan is so uncomfortable for Australia, then I wouldn't want to make anyone uncomfortable with my presence in the BBL. However, it seems that Rashid has had a change of heart. Although the official list of players for the overseas draft has yet to be released, sources indicate that the 24-year-old has nominated himself for the tournament. Cricket Australia had already made it clear that they stood by their decision to skip matches against Afghanistan, but they welcomed Rashid and other players from the nation to participate in the BBL. In addition to Rashid, who is undoubtedly one of the biggest stars in the tournament, fellow Afghan players Mujibur Rahman, Noor Ahmed and Ijarul Haq Naveed have also nominated themselves for the draft after playing in Australia last summer. In other news, the lucrative ILT20 will begin on January 19th next year, allowing most of the BBL's overseas stars to participate in most of the Australian regular season. David Warner has signed up for the competition, but his availability will depend on clearance from Cricket Australia and scheduling that doesn't clash with BBL or national commitments. Former international cricket star Deandra Dottin recently spoke out about the need for better respect and resources for players in West Indies cricket. In an interview on the Ladies Who Switch podcast, Dottin highlighted the issues within the board and the lack of support for players to perform at their best. She emphasised the importance of creating an environment where players feel comfortable and have the necessary resources to improve. Dotan retired from international cricket a year ago, citing issues with the team environment. However, she has continued her cricket career by playing in franchise tournaments around the world. She believes franchise cricket provides better opportunities and support for players than the West Indies cricket structure. 
Dottin mentioned her positive experiences playing for different franchises and expressed her desire to be the best in the world. She called on the West Indies Cricket Board to learn from the approaches taken by Australia and England, where players are developed and supported throughout their careers. Dottin stressed the importance of showing respect to players, even after they retire from international cricket. She stated that players should not be discarded after they have given their best to the team. Dottin also mentioned the financial aspects of the game, highlighting the attractiveness of franchise tournaments that offer significant financial rewards for players. She believes that the structure, respect and care for players in West Indies cricket need to be improved. Despite her own challenges with the Gujarat Giants in the Women's Premier League, Dottin remains optimistic about the future. She expressed her excitement about returning to the WPL next year and continuing to play in franchise tournaments around the world. Dottin emphasised the importance of individualised fitness benchmarks and expressed her hope to be part of various franchises while managing her own fitness. Overall, Dottin's plea for better respect and resources for players in West Indies cricket serves as a reminder of the need for improvement in the game and the importance of supporting athletes throughout their careers. In today's episode, we discussed Pakistan's thrilling victory over Afghanistan in the ODI, their chance to become the number one ranked team, the upcoming Asia Cup with exciting matchups, the dynamics of England's World Cup squad, warm-up matches for the teams, coaching additions for New Zealand's ODI World Cup, Rashid Khan's decision to play in the BBL, and Deandra Dotton's call for better support for West Indies players. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'll see you guys at the next one, and don't forget to like, share, follow, and subscribe to Talk Before Wicket.